Chapter Six of Rescue Dog of the High Pass. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Rescue Dog of the High Pass by Jim Kilgard. Father Benjamin. Swinging the pack on his shoulders with an ease born of long practice, Franz turned to look down the slope he had just climbed. Bearing a similar pack, Caesar turned with him. Only the memory of his mother's tears when they exchanged their farewells kept Franz from shouting with joy. This was far and away the most fascinating experience of his life. The route, as explained by Father Paul, had proved absurdly simple. Franz must go to Borg and follow the valley of the river Drance. After that he couldn't possibly get lost, for the only path he'd find must take him over St. Bernard Pass. But the way had proven anything except routine or monotonous to Franz. Leaving the hardwoods, the forest with which he was most familiar, he had entered and was still in a belt of evergreens. He laughed happily. Jean Greb, who by no means lacked imagination, had once told Franz that to see one tree was to see all trees. But that great spruce only a few yards down the path, whose wide-spreading branches allowed room for nothing else, was very like. Franz stifled the thought that the greedy spruce might be compared to greedy Emil Gottschalk, for it ill-befitted anyone to think badly of a human being who was already in enough trouble but the spindly larch whose summer needles were just beginning to grow back was remarkably like Grandpa Eisman, with his straggling hair and stubble of beard. The fat scotch pine that seemed to hold its middle and laugh when the wind shook it might well be fat and jolly Aunt Maria Reisner. The knobs on the trunk of a young pine reminded Franz strongly of knobby-kneed young Hertha Bittner. Franz turned to go on, thinking that Jean Greb was wrong, and that all trees were not alike. They differed as greatly as people. Probably every person in the world had his or her counterpart in some tree. A bustling stream snarled across the path, hurried down the slope, and as though either bent on its own destruction or in a desperate hurry to keep its rendezvous with the sea, hurled itself over a two-hundred-foot cliff foam churned up in the pool where it fell and the sun shining through it created a miniature but perfect rainbow franz stopped for a long while to watch for in such things he found deep pleasure and then he and caesar leaped the stream and went on it was noticeably colder than it had been at the lower altitudes and franz recalled grandpa eisman's explanation for alpine temperatures Pointing to a ledge a little bit less than 3,000 feet up the side of Little Sister, he had said that when warm summer reigned in Dornblatt, autumn held sway there. Since 60 degrees was regarded as summer in Dornblatt, and 32 degrees, the freezing point, might reasonably be considered autumn, it followed that the temperature dropped approximately one degree for each 300 feet of altitude. But Franz did not feel the cold, and this was partly because, sometimes in steep pitches and sometimes in gentle rises, the path he followed went steadily upward. 
excited anticipation added its own warmth so that presently he removed his coat and tied it to the pack in the late afternoon they emerged from the evergreen forest into the alpine region and this was where cattle found rich summer pasturage and where thrifty swiss farmers cut much of their hay here were stunted pines juniper dwarf willows and millions of narcissuses and crocuses in full bloom high on the side of a rocky crag franz spied a sprig of edelweiss and was tempted to climb up and pluck it but the day was wasting fast and the climb up the crag might be more difficult than it appeared spending the night on the face of the crag would mean a cold camp indeed it would be wiser to go on to the rest hut the sun was still an hour high when he reached it a rock and log hut a little ways from the path franz opened the door and dropped his pack and removed caesar's and then with a mastiff padding beside him he started into the meadow carrying the small hatchet that was a parting gift from his father there was wood already in the hut but it was not only possible but probable that some wayfarer too exhausted to cut his own wood might reach the shelter and to find fuel at hand would surely save a life able-bodied travellers were obligated to gather their own but so many wayfarers had come this way and so many seekers of fuel had gone out from the hut that franz had to travel a long distance before finding a tree a small pine whose withered foliage proved that it was dead so suitable for firewood bracing his back against the boulder the boy pushed the tree over with his foot rather than cut it for the dried trunk broke easily he chopped out the remaining splinters with his hatchet and dragging the tree behind him started back toward the hut he was still a considerable distance from it when caesar who had been pacing beside him pricked up his ears and trotted forward the dog looked fixedly in the direction of the structure coming near franz saw that he was to have a companion the newcomer was a tall blond young man wearing the garb of an augustinian monk since he was in the act of divesting himself of the pouch wherein he carried food and other necessities of the road evidently he had just arrived he looked up saw franz and caesar and his white teeth flashed as he smiled hello fellow travellers he called cheerfully i am father benjamin more than a little overawed because he was to share the hut with such distinguished company franz said i am franz hale and this is my dog caesar we are pleased to have you with us father benjamin laughed i am sure the pleasure shall be mine hereafter i may truthfully say that i shared a hut with caesar if you'll wait a moment franz i'll bring my portion of the wood franz said this is enough for two so i am to be your guest father benjamin asked i am indeed honored he looked keenly at the boy aren't you a bit young to travel this path with only a dog as a companion i must travel it franz told him i go to the hospice of st bernard where i am to become a marineer a marineer eh father benjamin asked and what inspired you to become such i am too stupid to be anything else franz answered father benjamin's laughter rang out free as summer thunder and warm as a june rain puzzled franz could only stare after a bit the monk stopped laughing i do crave your pardon he said 
but it is rare to receive such an honest answer to a well-intended question nor do i think you are stupid young franz hale those who are never say so surely you are clever in some ways i can cut wood climb mountains get about on snow and work with caesar said franz father benjamin said gravely then you are surely coming to the right place franz began taking bread cheese and cakes from his pack what does marionier mean he asked moor replied father benjamin the moors are a warlike people from a far country they robbed and stole and one of the finest places to do so since many travelers must go through it was the pass of st bernard when our sainted bernard first came this way he was merely bernard de Menthon, a youth not yet in his twenties he and those with him found the pass held by a group of moorish bandits whose chief was named marsil bernard most devout even then held his crucifix erect and put the entire band to flight with a crucifix alone franz asked incredulously it is thought by some that the clubs and axes carried by bernard and his party and wielded with telling effect on moorish skulls helped out father benjamin admitted but we like to believe that his faith and courage are what counted most bernard went on into italy where in due time he became archbishop of aosta travelers through the pass continue to tell of moorish bandits so bernard returned to rout them and did he franz asked breathlessly he did indeed answered father benjamin but other tales were also coming out of the pass there were stories of travelers who died in the terrible storms that rage across those heights in winter and there were a great many such unhappy tales bernard determined to build a hospice a shelter for all who needed it at the very summit of the pass the moors led by the same marsil whom bernard had previously defeated knew they could never prevail against such might so rather than fight him again they chose to become christians and join bernard since they could not be priests they became lay brothers or marineers it's a wonderful story franz gasped father benjamin said seriously one of the most wonderful ever told this pass has been in use since mankind began to travel the roman legions used it to invade gaul hannibal took his army through it to invade italy countless others have traveled through it and countless people still do and will we who are charged with its keeping consider it the finest privilege of all to serve at the hospice of st bernard what is it like franz asked it is cold my young friend replied father benjamin there are winter days of fifty below zero snow in the pass lies forty-five feet deep the wind blows constantly and fiercely and shifts the snow about so that the entire landscape may change from one day to the next sometimes there is a complete change in an hour or even minutes some might think it is the most miserable life imaginable but we who serve at the hospice know it is the finest how long will you be there franz asked father benjamin told him even though only men born to the mountains and skilled in mountain arts are chosen for service at the hospice 
and even though our spirits may be strong the bodies of the strongest cannot endure the trials we must face for more than twelve years but during those years and quite apart from ministering to souls all of us save lives and that is our reward franz asked do you save everyone unfortunately no said father benjamin many are still lost but in the more than seven centuries that have passed since bernard de menthon erected the hospice an army of people who otherwise would have been victims of the snow have lived to return to their loved ones and carry on constructive work do travellers use the pass all winter franz continued his eager questioning indeed they do father benjamin assured him the path is open to the next rest house where we shall sleep to-morrow night and travellers may safely make their own way that far and from there on to the hospice some five miles is the real danger area there is another rest house five miles down the south slope when possible which is when the weather is not so bad as to make it impossible one of us visits each rest house every day such wayfarers as may be there are then guided to the hospice and of course on down to the next rest house franz asked what is your greatest difficulty choosing a safe trail father benjamin declared i've spoken of the fierce winds and the shifting snows each time we go down to a rest house we face an entirely different landscape where a misstep might well mean death to us and those we guide but come now franz is it not time to stop talking and start supping indeed it is franz agreed and my mother prepared a great store of food i shall be honored if you will share it and i shall be honored to share said father benjamin End of chapter 6